Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Razorback fans, and welcome to another fabulous episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. We just want to say thank you for downloading and listening to what myself, Ty Hudson, Jacob, and our producer Porter have to say on all things Razorback Athletics. For those of you on iTunes or, or wherever you're listening to our content, if you would please be so kind to leave a written review and maybe give us some star power. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks again from your boys here at the HTP. Also, please don't hold what you hear on the podcast against us because sometimes we like to drink before we record. Okay. Sometimes I like to drink before, during, and after we record. As always, go Hogs! So I'm taking my time on my ride. Oh, 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 I'm falling. So I'm taking my time on my ride. Yo, what's going on, Arkansas Razorback fans? Welcome to the Hog Talk Podcast, episode 41. I'm your Friday host, as always, Ty Hudson from the Picture Network YouTube channel. And joining me today is our producer and sport Arkansas sports and culture contributor Porter aka Peck Hayes. How are you doing this fine Thursday afternoon, sir? Doing good, doing good. Trying to dodge the rain, but you know, another another day in the neighborhood. Got to enjoy a, a, a week of not, you know, Arkansas not winning it or not losing a game by week, you know, it was a that was down to the wire overtime thriller against bye week. So uh, <laughs> actually a win for the Hogs on that. Uh, the basketball team, man, between the men's and women's, they're rolling. Looking pretty good. There's no doubt about that. And uh, I, I've, I've got to say, if if they can look this good this Friday night against South Dakota uh, and then, of course, go on the road against Georgia Tech and do something similar, like what we've seen so far, this could be a pretty special year. Uh, South Dakota, I don't think, is going to be a cupcake. I'm not saying Arkansas going to lose that game, but uh, it's going to be an interesting one nonetheless. They've got some, they've got a little bit of size. They've got some shooting. But before we get into that, I wanted to touch on something really quick. We don't have to go too long on it, but uh, it's a little off topic for Razorback fans, but it is still sticking with Arkansas or with uh, college basketball. But we know about this kid at Memphis, the potential number one pick, James Wiseman, who has been suspended for first, I think it was 11 games. I think now it's 12 uh, and was told by the NCAA that he must, quote unquote, must donate 11,500 to a charity of his choice. Uh, again, that's that's Wiseman from Memphis, and uh, that was being reported by uh, Sham Sharania. I can't pronounce his last name. That's Maybe it's Karania. I don't know. But anyways, it's been reported. A lot of people pretty upset about it. I wanted to get your take on it really quick, Porter. What are your thoughts on this? It's just a, it's a weird situation, bizarre, if putting it lightly, because, I mean, first it was he was ineligible. Memphis said, screw you, we're going to play him anyway. Yeah. They played him, and then they come back after that. It's like a chess match. No, now you're ineligible indefinitely. Now you've got to sit out 12 games, and they expect a college player who is not supposed to take money. Now you got to pay back a fine. I, I don't understand any of this at all, and I'm not <laughs> saying any of it's right. I mean, he took money. Uh, Penny Hardaway moved a kid into a high school district to play basketball, which they just – happened to win the state championship. Uh, and on top of that, they paid him up to a million dollars to move. And now I'm sorry. I don't know how big your house is, but I know it ain't going to cost a million dollars to move anywhere. So uh, that all of it's fishy. 
corrupt and then it seems like you know the ncaa wants to be uncle sam and take some tax money uh so basically it's a hundred thousand dollars we'll take 10 percent of that you know so uh, it, it's just a big ordeal the ncaa is like mother nature in arkansas you know it, it's gonna rain it's gonna shine it's gonna snow and it's gonna be 70 you, yep. you never know what it's gonna be like when it comes to the ncaa and with anything and it's not just this subject it's Mm-hmm. It's waivers. It's eligibility. It's people who can transfer to three schools in two years, but yet one guy can't even get into one school. Yeah. So it's it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. They're they're ran very poorly. If 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 there was competition in the field, if there was someone other than the NCAA, they'd be they would be squashed. Uh, and I think that's part of the problem. There's no competition. There's no one else to really to stand up and and. Uh, and compete with these guys and force them to do the right thing. And I'm not a real big fan of government intervention or anything like that, but I, I really don't know what it's going to take for the NCAA to to right this ship. Like you mentioned, it's they tend to play favorites. They let kids transfer around wherever they want and make them immediately eligible. And then in other schools, it's not the case. There's no transparency as to why they're making these decisions. It's really unfortunate, and I, I again, I don't know if maybe you need to you name a commissioner, but then you look at how the NFL's kind of handled and how unpopular that commissioner is of the NFL. I don't, I don't even know that that's necessarily the right move. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just a step in the right direction. But something there needs to be more transparency, and and they need to be for for one rule. It should be one rule applies to all. And that's just not the case with the NCAA on any subject matter, whether it's how they're handling violations or how they're handling transfers and 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 so on and so forth. It's really just uh, I don't know. It's mind boggling how 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 bad they are ran as an institution. So I wanted to start really quick with the women's basketball team. Then we'll go to uh, Razorback basketball, and then we'll talk about the most dreaded subject, which is Arkansas taking on LSU. But Arkansas defeated the, the women's team. They defeated Belmont 91-62. to Porter, they continue to rock and roll. Those ladies are killing it. Man, I, t- I tell you what, and, and you don't see these type of scores like in women's basketball. You know, they're scoring – you know, 91 points. They're, they have beat their fourth straight opponent by 30 or more, and their point differential now is 32.4. So they're beating teams by over 30 points a game. And and like you said last night with that 91-60 victory over Belmont, you know, Chelsea Dungy, she come back. I get, you know, she took a little nap and let, let some other teams, uh, let some other teammates score, but she had 21 Last night, Alexis Tolfrey had 20, and then you got the gunner, the, the freshman, Michaela Davis, had another big night with, with 21 points. This freshman phenom is going to be something special, and uh, Coach Neighbors kind of pointed in on it, uh, the game against ORU when she had 27 is, you know, she was the Maryland, you know, Miss Basketball, and, yeah. and could have went to Notre Dame or Maryland or UConn, and she chose to come to Arkansas and and with Malika Monk, you know, graduating last year, I mean, they really needed somebody to step up and, and fill that role. And I'm by watching the games this year and seeing how well they're playing on defense, offense, and how they're gelling. Like, they have two leaders in Chelsea and, and Alexis. I mean, they have their heads on their shoulders, and they're playing, they're playing February ball in, in October and, and into November. That's a good point. They are they're off to a quick 
good start. The women and the men's both are. They're both playing really. They're playing better than I thought. Especially the men. The men are way further ahead than I thought they would be at this point. But the women with the big victory, ninety-one to sixty. Was it sixty or sixty-two? It was ninety-one to sixty. Yep. Okay, sixty. I have sixty-two typed up. Uh, so good way to start for them. The ladies continue to impress. Uh, yeah, and oh, go ahead. And they go out. Uh, they go out west now. They gotta go play Cal Berkeley, and then mm-hmm. I'm jealous because you know getting to cover the team. I, I think I should have got an invite. You know, they get to go <laughs> to the Bahamas for Thanksgiving and, and playing a little tournament out there. Oh, so wow. I'm kind of kind of FOMO on that one. <laughs> That'd be something, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, my wife said if you get that, it's going to be a plus one added to that that ticket. <laughs> maybe maybe plus two. I'll join you. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> but yeah, well, I'm very proud on men's. how they're doing. Coach Neighbors is doing really good with them. But and like you said, with the men's, the defense is just that's going to keep them in some games that they should have lost. I'm not going to say they're they're going to make the tournament just yet, but that defense is going to keep them in some games that they would lose by seven, eight points. So switching over to the men's now, um, Arkansas, like we said, they're, they're off to a great start. They're playing really good basketball right now. Um, I don't think that anybody could argue that. I, look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you the same thing either. I'm not going to tell you that Arkansas is a, a tournament team. I'm still not there yet. We've seen this before where Arkansas gets off to this really hot start and then kind of, you know, once they get into conference play, they start to struggle a little bit. Uh, and then the further they get into February, they struggle and they show up for the month of January or they don't show up in the month of January. We saw this under Mike Anderson and then they disappear. You know, it's, it's timing is everything. If they can continue to play and continue to look this good, Arkansas basketball, uh, the men's team could, could surprise some people that, that victory against Texas Southern, their first time this year, they gave up more than, than, uh, 46 points. It, it was 43 against Rice, 43 against North Texas, then 46 against Montana, and then they, they took on Texas Southern and beat them 82-51. to 51. How dare they allow someone score 50 points, dadgummit, I'm upset. Not really. I mean, that's hard to do. Holding anybody below 50 is, is tough. So, really quick, on the Texas Southern game, it was more of like what you just said, Arkansas uh, played great defensive basketball. They forced a whole bunch of turnovers. Uh, shot pretty shot decent from the from three point land and from the from the floor. I think they shot forty four percent from the floor. But what we saw against Texas Southern, we've also seen this a couple of other times. If someone gets off to a slow start, someone like a Jimmy Witt, well Mason Jones, and then Jimmy Witt has been able to kind of step up for when Isaiah Joe gets off to these slow starts. But Arkansas beat Texas Southern convincingly. This was never close. Uh, they shot 77% from the free throw line. But here we go. South Dakota, who might be legit. There's that possibility that these guys are pretty legit. They've got a guy, you and I were trying to trying to figure out how to pronounce his last name correctly. I think it's Tyler Hagedorn. Ty- it's either Tyler Hagedorn or Tyler Hagedorn. I don't know, but he's 6'10", 230. The guy averages 19 points per game. Uh, he's shooting roughly 63%. He's averaging about six and a half rebounds per game. This is going to be a tough one, I think. South Dakota and Arkansas, that's going to be Friday night, 8 p.m. on the 22nd. Uh, Porter, what do you hope to see from the Razorbacks here? Uh, other than a victory, obviously. Well, just to keep that defensive pressure. You know, I mean, that that's the biggest thing. It's kind of like what I alluded to before we start. We, we fully switched over is 
you know, I want to see that defense because we know they're going to score, but I want to see how well their defense is when they're struggling, when they can't get those shots off like they did the, the game before Texas Southern where, you know, they just were struggling to find a, a three-point shot to go in and, you know, they found a way to still hold their point, their, their opponent under 50 points. So I guess that's the biggest thing for me and, and somebody else who can step up. We know Mason Jones can score. We know Isaiah Joe can score. You know, I want to see if another one can come up and give us a good 17 to 20 point game. Um, but I'll tell you what, Bailey, man, he's stepping up. He's a force to be reckoned with when it comes to, you know, block shots. I mean, that guy, yeah. it seemed like every time they threw up a shot, he was thrown into the bleachers. So, <laughs> and that, that's a big surprise with, with him, you know, because he's not really that big of a guy. So yeah. um, just that defensive pressure and then have another another person, because it'd be nice to have three scores that you can always depend on. You know, I mean, you're going to have your role players, but you know, you got three guys who can complement each other when, it, when one guy's having an off night because to have the three-point disparity that they had the other night with, with Jones and Isaiah Joe, mm-hmm. It's gonna. It's uh, that's gonna be concerning when they get into that SEC play. When you know, if you have your two leading scorers not hitting their shots, I mean, you can get in an eight to ten, twelve point hole quick. Yeah, you can, and and all of a sudden you'll see those big leads again. We saw this under Mike quite a bit. These you know, fifteen twenty point leads. All of a sudden you go cold, or you settle for horrible contested shots. The next thing you know, that lead is now shrunk to single digits, and you know now you're on your heels. And uh, that's something, and I agree, they got to have, if plan A, and I said this in our Discord uh, against Texas Southern in the first half, if plan A isn't working out, which is, you know, trying to stretch the court, trying to lay in threes, if you start out, what was it, 0 for 12, your first three-point shots, and you're shooting terrible from the the floor, you've got to have a plan B. I don't know what that is, but you got to have it. If that means maybe driving the lane more, trying to play a little bit more physical, because you can do that against these teams like Texas Southern. But it's going to be harder, like you said, getting into conference play when you start playing these guys that have these 6'10", 6'11", and and maybe a 7-footer. When you've got some legitimate four and fives playing inside, and, you, and your plan A isn't is it working, which is again trying to hit the three, uh, and that's that's pushed to the wayside, and you're now having to figure out another way. Your whatever your plan B and C is, you need to get that established before you get into conference play. I would even argue uh, you might need plan B against your upcoming opponent here against South Dakota. Again, they have they've got look they're one of the better scoring teams I think in, in college basketball is what I what I was reading. Uh, online not long ago, they're like a top ten, top fifteen scoring offense, and Arkansas is a top five, you know, scoring defense. It's going to be a really fascinating game to watch, uh, and and I guess what I'm looking for is just kind of what I just reflected on and what you mentioned is is, uh, you know, finding finding a way, finding a way to get a win and to continue to play defense like they have. No more than two. Is it two three points a game? Is that right? No more than two three point shots a game, or yeah. something like that. That's they're, incredible. They're Jacob, right now, that. as of right now, they're eight from sixty eight from That's, three point range. My God, <laughs> that is unbelievable. I don't know that we've ever seen that. Now, I don't know if some of that. Well, I, we know what it. We know a lot of it is. It's contested shots. Arkansas is getting in the face of these guys, 
And some of it is, too, they're just playing teams that, that aren't good at shooting beyond the arc. They're not very good at shooting at three-point range. And uh, some of these teams have also struggled at the free throw line, and then it makes Arkansas's lead that much easier you know, to pull away when, when you can't do a couple things like that, shooting the, getting the easy buckets inside or, you know, shooting the free throw, the freebies, when you can't land those, and then you're horrible shooting outside and you don't have an inside presence, you're going to struggle, and especially against a team like Arkansas with all the guard play. My God, they're just – there's so much. I think that's a lot to do with why they have such good perimeter defenses because they've got guys that uh, that want to play defense outside, that want to that want to force contested shots. Um, I, I like Arkansas here. The uh, the current SBI basketball power index favors Arkansas 85 percent, giving uh, South Dakota 14 percent chance. I do think this will be a, a a, a tough matchup for, for Arkansas, but I think they end up pulling away. Sticking with basketball really fast, recruiting update, Jalen Williams. Now, a lot of you know all about Jalen, but for those of you who do not, he's a 6'9", 6'10". He's a forward out of Fort Smith for this 2020 class, considered, I think by most accounts, he's considered the top two player in the state of Arkansas. But he announces on uh, on Saturday the 23rd, I don't have a time I, I was looking for that. I don't know what time he um, he announces, but we'll try and keep you guys up to date on, on Twitter. Of course, when it happens, you'll know because it'll be everywhere, but we'll try to be a part of that over on the Hawk Talk podcast where, uh, where you can get all of your information, most of your Razorback information. Got to remember, we also we have day jobs. Sometimes things happen. We can't keep up with every single thing, but we certainly try our best. But I do like Jalen Williams. As of today, I'm going to continue. Like I've said on the live show, they should get Jalen Williams. That ought to be – he should be a Razorback. There were rumors that Bruce Pearl was going to show up to his game this week. Uh, You know, obviously the Auburn coach already kind of poached one player out of the state of Arkansas. There is the possibility that he grabs Jalen. I don't know. Uh, We know that Jalen – right now for Jalen, it's down to uh, Arkansas, Oklahoma State, and Auburn. But again, as of right now, I like him to go to Arkansas, but that could change by the time we're done recording. I don't know. So, um, all right. That's our last part of the show. The, the, the ugly part of the show is Arkansas football. Uh, trying to, trying to get a focus on what's going on with this, with this game down in Baton Rouge. This is going to be, I mean, there's no doubt it's going to be ugly. The point spread has changed. It's gone from 44 down to 43 and a half, you know, because that makes all the world a difference. Uh, the over-under currently setting at seven or, uh, 70 with uh, the ESPN Football Power Index at 98% in favor of LSU. Peck, I'll just start with the most obvious question. I ask it every single Thursday when we do this. Does Arkansas cover the spread? I Honestly, I do think they cover the spread just because it's so – it's such a big margin. Now, if it was 35, then I, then I would be like, meh. But um, I don't think I, I don't think they beat them by 42 points. You know, I don't think they beat them by seven seven touchdowns or more. Um, just because I think that with this being so close to the end of the season, and LSU's got the you know the SEC championship. You know, they're they're a lock into the SEC championship game against Georgia. So. I think they're going to get a comfortable lead, and especially with what happened to Tua last week. God forbid, you know, they don't want that happening to to Burrow. And I do real quick off top. 
apologies out to you know the Alabama fan. What's that? Oh, you cut out real bad there for a second. I said, as a Clemson fan, you know, I want to send my condolences out to the Bama fans, you know, and 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 Tua because that you never wish that yeah. on anybody. And I know that the Clemson Alabama rivalries kind of heated up over the past four to five years. And when I seen that and I seen it go down, I mean, I just, I felt bad for for them. So. But, you know, going into this week with LSU, you don't want that same thing happening. So I think they pull out to a comfortable 28-point lead, you know, maybe 35, and just kind of uh, go into cruise control, and maybe it's a 42-14 game, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, it was, it was unfortunate what happened to Tua. That was really too bad. It sounds like he's going to make a, a – I was told or I saw somewhere on Twitter anyways that he was going to make a full recovery – um, and of course, our, our thoughts and prayers are with him and his family. But I think he's going to have a bright future in the NFL. But uh, as for this game, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think Arkansas covers. It's going to be tough. Uh, LSU, <laughs> LSU would absolutely love to humiliate Arkansas. I don't think Ed Orgeron cares much for the Hogs, and I don't know what his relationship is would is like with Barry Lunny if he knows him on any professional level or not. But I, I just. I have a hard time seeing him letting up. But having saying that, I do think Arkansas can still cover that spread. I, I do think the guy's got a heart. He's not the Grinch. I don't think he's just going to waylay the Hogs just to just to kill him. You know, it's already a uh, they're a lame horse. I don't know if he's going to actually pull the trigger and put us out of our misery or not. But forty three and a half. I'm going to take Arkansas to cover that. And and I, I'd also heard on the radio too that anything above thirty five points is kind of rare to actually cover. Or, or to uh, to to not cover, so but again, it's forty three and a half right now is the spread, and the the over unders at seventy. For those of you who like to gamble, I uh, I don't know. I, the only people I know that gamble that that bet on these kinds of things are saying they're not going they're not even going to bother with this game. So there you go. There's all you need to know with that. Um, the real question, and I know everyone wants us to talk about the coaching search. That's all everybody wants to talk about. Every live stream I have, that's all the comments are. It's just about the next coaching prospect and who's going to be the next guy up. But like we said with Alyssa, when we had her on, uh, when did we – on Sunday, right? Is that when we recorded that? Yeah, Sunday. Yeah, yeah, Sunday night. We had her on, uh, and she mentioned Barry Lenny as a possible coaching prospect. And I'll just ask you this. I know it's obvious, and I, know, I feel like I know where you – well, I know where you stand on this. But if, if Barry Lunny is competitive against LSU – Okay, let's say he covers that point spread, and in fact he cuts it in half, and instead maybe Arkansas only loses by like 22 points. And then he turns around and he's competitive. I'm not going to say beats Mizzou, uh, but he's competitive against Mizzou. Would you be, if all of a sudden the, the rumors became that Barry Loney was going to be the next head coach, how would you, how would you take that? Would, would you be all right with that? I know you're not a hog guy. I know you're a Clemson guy, but – Put yourself in, in, in our shoes for a second. Where would you be if Barry Lunny was was named the guy because of those two results? I, I don't think that it would be a good idea because, I mean, the, the state of the program, nothing against Barry Lunny, nothing against him at all. I mean, this kid played for Southside. You know, he coached under his dad at Bentonville. Then he moved up. You know, his dad was a, you know, his dad's a Hall of Fame coach in, in, in Southside and Bentonville. Mm-hmm. Um, he's He's – lived and breathed Arkansas football. So now you're going to give him a promotion to become the head coach at what is going to be one of the hardest jobs to do 
to a guy that's it'd be a career suicide because you're not he I don't it's going to take a coach who can one have the patience the energy to build a program from the ashes you know because right. of the state of the program and I'm not saying he couldn't be a better a good head coach just not at the state of the program is right now so you don't uh, think, just think he could build it up from the ashes how do you know that no. he could I just just because he has no prior head coaching experience, you know you right. you you got to have a head coaching experience one in Division One college football, and then you're going to ask him to come take over a head coaching job in the in the toughest division in college football. Right, and I it's the risk worth the reward. I don't think that I would do that just for the simple fact that I don't think he's proven enough. And man, if it don't work out. You know, just the you'd have to cut ties and 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 a person like him who's done nothing but coach or you know play in Arkansas, played for Arkansas. Now he's coaching in Arkansas. I just think that would that would end very badly. It would end with a bad taste in his mouth because I just don't think he would. He couldn't rebuild the program if it was in a better state and they need somebody to come in and and develop players, bring the recruits in. Then possibly, but that that's asking that's asking a lot of a coach who has not been a head coach anywhere at any level in college sports. I I'm with you in that. First off, it's not going to happen. LSU. I mean, we all know that, but of course, we're playing hypotheticals here. But LSU is going to, you know, curb stomp Arkansas. Mizzou will probably beat Arkansas by 25 or 30 points. But if it did happen, um, the, the timing would be interesting because, number one, there's a lot of people out there that seem to be concerned with the financials. Okay, well, you're not going to have to pay him a whole lot, which actually might might benefit you when you when you build a staff around Bear Lunny. Uh, he has had a couple of other coaching stops as, an, as a quarterback coach and as an assistant, but his biggest promotion has been at Arkansas. His, most of his career, 90%. Uh, 85, 90% of his career has been at Arkansas, either as a player or as, as, an, as a coach. Uh, we have seen assistants build teams from the ashes before. Tennessee, Philip Fulmer is a really good example. I think you could kind of argue Dabo, although Dabo took over a program that was just uh, – there's a lot of talent there. They're constantly a top 10, top 15 recruiting program. It's easier to build – in the ACC at a place where you, where you get that kind of talent compared to Arkansas where you've, you know, you've got talent, but they're all freshmen and first and second year guys. I, th- I think the argument for, again, I don't think that he should, I'm, I'm with you, but I think the argument for would be who knows the program better than Barry Lunny, his connections. He's worked alongside guys like Sam Pittman. Uh, he's, he knows guys, you know, that have, that have been around the program through his time as again, as a player, and as, a, as an assistant, as a coach, uh, you look at what he's done with the tight ends. I mean, Porter, there's not a position that's excelled more under Brett Bielema or Chad Morris than the tight end spot. And that's a reflection on Barry Lunny, which could absolutely, maybe that could translate to being a good head coach. I don't know. Probably not. Uh, I think there's some convincing arguments on both sides. I'm with you on the hardest part of this is the rebuild aspect. Um that's my God. That's a tall order. It's it's now. It's with every hire they've made. They've made the situation worse and worse. Starting with John L. And then going to Brett Bielema, who just got lazy there towards the end, and, and we saw how that worked out as far as recruiting. And then Chad Morris. It's bad hire after bad hire, 
and you just continue to dig yourself into a deeper and deeper hole. You've got to get the, the guy. You got to get the right guy. And I don't know. Again, Barry Lenny, I'm not on board with that right now. Maybe if they do something, I'll tell you this much: if they're competitive against LSU, if they cover that spread and then some, and then they force Mizzou to beat them in, in the fourth quarter using some sort of you know goofball antics or a last-second field goal, I absolutely would be on board with giving him an interview at the very least. Oh yeah, uh, I, oh yeah. You, I mean, even if he doesn't, you interview the guy, give him a chance. Right. You know, I mean, I, I'm not saying you don't give him a chance or you don't even interview. Him. He, right. he he deserves at least an interview. He's paid his dues at the University of Arkansas, and if he wants to, and he might not want to jump up to the head coaching. Very spot. true. I don't know. Some people might want to take the interim job and then just go right back to where they were. Yeah. But I just think that this this hire is too important for the whole university. It, not just necessarily the football program or where it's at, but Hunter Yurchek has, and I, I've mentioned this before, of you know, kind of matching the hire that he got with Musselman and what he's done with the gymnastics program and, and hiring Jordan Weaver. You know, yeah. you, he's got this is the most important hire I believe that the University of Arkansas has ever had to make. Ooh. So that if this was a different time, different, and it stinks because he might prove us all wrong and end up being a good head coach somewhere or, or yeah. on down the road at Arkansas. Yeah. But just right now in this time, I think it'd be a bad idea because you cannot afford to swing and miss again. And I don't think that, well, let's try him out. Let's give him a shot. I don't think we're at that position where we can do that right now at Arkansas. Yeah. And that goes back to, to what we were talking with uh, Alyssa. Do you go with what you believe is the head smart, you know, maybe it is uh, Sam Pittman. Maybe it's Sam Pittman that's the smart move. And, I, again, we don't know that, and, and fans don't know that. But Hunter Juracek, maybe he thinks he knows that. And so in his mind, he believes that going with someone like a Pittman or Barry Lunny who could build a staff, maybe to him it's that intellectual move. Maybe it will work out. It may not blow the fans away, but it's the smart move long term, which maybe it will, maybe it won't. And then there's the other side of it, which is, hey, you got to hire the guy that everybody wants that's going to that's gonna excite the fan base. Maybe it is a leech. Maybe it is uh, Norvell, which there's a lot of rumors that he's he's favoring Florida State, which could be the case. Uh, by the way, anything again? We got to say this every week, and I say this on my live shows. It's all speculation. There's nothing out there. Nobody knows a damn thing except Hunter Yurchek. Hell, he even put out a statement yesterday about you know how exciting this is, uh, or not. What were, what were the words? I had it pulled up there a second ago, but he was talking about how. Uh, here it is. I found it right here. He says, uh, in, in my continued efforts to identify the next head coach, just as I did with our recent basketball, our men's basketball search, I will work to maintain the confidentiality in the process. I understand that because of the great interest in our search, there will continue to be an abundance of speculation. I appreciate your patience and understanding as I focus on the important task at hand. So please don't believe everything you hear on, on message boards and on Twitter. It's all speculation until uh, until it isn't. And We'll know when, I don't know, I guess we'll get that fancy graphic with the smoke, the red smoke coming from the football stadium this time, I guess. I don't, I don't really know, but that'd be cool. That would be cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> but you got to give the man props. You got to give Hunter props because here's the deal. He's not beating around the bush. He's going to tell no. you, look, I'm, I'm going to do the job and we're going to be confidential about it. And yep. he's not, at least he's saying it to our face and saying, Hey, look, I'm going to do this my way. You'll know when I'm ready to let y'all know. And and then there's not all these little leaks coming out from the department. He, yeah. he held to that when it comes to the Musselman deal. And nobody knew that until 
the last day or two. I mean, unless, you know, we found out when he was for sure that Musselman was going to be the guy. So I think with this search, all this talk and we can, and of course we play into it because it's fun. You know, we, but in all seriousness, we (laughs) have no idea who the coach is going to be until it, and we're not going to know until after, I mean, the conference championship weekend's over with, because if he's going after a guy, Say say this, and I, I don't think it's going to be him, but say like Gus Malzahn. He's not going to get a lockdown answer from Malzahn until after the Alabama game or just, the week after. So I just got hate mail. Right as you said Malzahn, I literally – I just got an email. It's just hate mail on us for saying yeah. that. Golly, people, be patient. Well, and I don't, I'm, I'm not for Malzahn <laughs> at all either because, you know, he's – he wouldn't want to come back, and he would be the one that would leave it. And that's like – I've said about Kiffin, he would be a good young mind, but I guarantee you if Saban retired in three years, he'd bolt for that job. I just don't think he's dependable, that he would stay here long enough to build the program. He's got a job. That's my one knock against Kiffin. I think he would do a good job, but he'd leave Arkansas for a heartbeat if that Alabama job come up. I think so. I think so. Or or just name another bigger job. I think that he'd be a – he could possibly leave. And, And not like there's a whole bunch of bigger jobs you know, especially being in the SEC West and having the value that Arkansas brings to the table. But there's certainly some other jobs out there that I don't feel entirely comfortable that when they open that he wouldn't be a candidate and that he wouldn't at least go interview for it. That makes you uncomfortable as a fan and or, you know, as someone in our situation who's trying to cover this stuff, it just gets a tad bit ridiculous. Just oh, let yeah. us have a coach. Well, and you know, people are throwing out Houston Nuts' name. I mean, it's like, really? It's all smoke and there. And there's – and. And I want to say this to the to the fans, it's, and I understand where they're coming from. You know, this happened with the Mike Anderson hire. You hired the guy 60% of what he was when he was with Nolan and 40% of his coaching ability. You know, we were so hungry for our football program to win that you're going back to the recent, you know, there wasn't Bobby Petrino, there wasn't used to nut. They're, they're going back to when Arkansas was relevant and, and they – had success at Arkansas. That's the only reason why they're even throwing those because it reminds you of the good old days. It reminds you of the good times. You know, you see these kids and these players wearing these jerseys for Arkansas. They're wearing either number five for Darren McFadden or number 16 for Mitch Mustang. You don't, you don't, I mean, you see a few Tyler Wilson jerseys, but when it comes to reliving the past and you hear it on the radio station, they're talking about a 94 victory. They're talking about, you know, there's not that recent history that you have in football and basketball that excites the fans. So it, with the football search, that's why they're wanting a miles on, because he reminded you of when Houston Nutt was here and the Fab Five from Springdale was here. You know, they're wanting Houston Nutt back because what he done with Stoner and McFadden and Jones and all that. So it's just the famili- familiarity of when it, the, the program was good. I just think you're going down a, you're going down a rabbit hole. You don't even you just need to stay on top. Yeah, I agree. There's there's a lot of uh, Arkansas fans, and they have this reputation of living in the past. And I think that's any program that once had success and isn't having it isn't having it anymore. By the way, I said this was episode forty one. I think this is episode forty. because uh, it says I'm looking at our list. It says episode the last thing uploaded was episode thirty nine. The Arkansas Fab Five. Episode forty was the list of orange. Episode. That's what I thought so it this was. This is forty one. Yeah, yeah, we this are is forty one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. I don't know why episode forty isn't pulling up on my phone. My bad. That's my bad. That's Ty. Right. Get it right, Ty. 
Okay, well, I think that's going to do it for episode 41. Um, I'm Ty Hudson, of course, from the Picture on Network YouTube channel and Porter Hayes, my uh, my PIC today, partner in crime from the uh, from Sports and Culture Arkansas. Say goodbye to the people, Porter. Hey, y'all have a good weekend, Hog Nation, and uh, hopefully this game doesn't turn out as bad as what everybody thinks, and and then we can start looking for, you know, seriously looking for a new coach. We got, you know, everybody have a, have a happy Thanksgiving to all of our fans out there. We enjoy y'all. Have a safe trip. I'm going to actually be traveling to Michigan over the holidays. So, uh, oh, wow. uh, my wife, you know, sh- that's where she's from is Michigan. So, uh, okay. they, uh, we're going to go up there for, so for all of our fans have a happy Thanksgiving and don't kill each other on black Friday. <laughs> Please be careful on Black Friday. Holy cow! I think we're still we're still an episode away from that, but or two episodes. But we're I'm, we're probably going to have to say that at the end of every one of these is please don't kill each other on Black Friday. Don't wind yes. up on Twitter. Don't as someone, beat somebody up over some sheets. Over a, it's never the Xbox or it's always some sheets or pillowcases <laughs> or something dumb. You know, it's like come on now, go around the corner and there's another bin. Oh, uh, it is. It's just crazy. I don't know how anyone could get that mad over something. Just get it off freaking Amazon if it's that exactly. Um, so yeah, is there anything? I feel like we're forgetting something. Oh, uh, I of course I do. I do like Arkansas to beat South Dakota. I don't know what the I don't know what the betting line is there, but I'm definitely taking Arkansas over South Dakota and uh, Arkansas to cover the spread. Did you want to? Did you want in on that, Porter? Do you want to give your yeah. I definitely, yeah, they're they're rolling right now. I mean, they might not win by thirty, or mm. but the way they're playing right now, they're doing really good. And hey, uh, the last before we go, the soccer team they played NC State today at four oh. uh, in the second round of the NCAA tournament. So hey, it- Coach Hale is that his last name? Kobe Hale. I think so. Yeah, good luck to the ladies. You know, hopefully they can make it to the third round. So was well, that Friday? Because we're recording this on Thursday. That so is the, today on a Thursday. They play okay. today at, at first kicks at 4 so, p.m. Eastern. So, this, boys, yep. Yeah. They'll already played by the time this drops on Friday morning. Well, we hope you won. How about that? Yes. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you on the next Hog Talk podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So hear me out. It's free. My father-in-law always says... The only thing better than cheap is free. So take advantage of it. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit from your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the podcast platforms out there. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to know to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. The Yellow Jacket Drive-In is the hub of downtown Sheridan, Arkansas. They are the home of the Hubcap Cheeseburgers. They'll give you crinkle-cut french fries that will tease your palates. The tastiest shakes in the state at 100 North Rock Street in Sheridan, Arkansas. They are family-owned, fast service, and the folks of the Yellow Jacket are ready to see you. Call in your order ahead at 870-942-2486. TMK Properties is a premier real estate agency for folks looking to move into Sheridan and the surrounding area of Grant County, Arkansas. Tony and Mary Kay Palmer, with their elite real estate agents, are equipped and ready to make your search for the dream home go smoothly as possible. Schedule an appointment with them today at 870-942-0800.
Shelby Taylor Trucking is the leading timber company in the business. If you need your land cleared today, call them at 870-942-7288. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.